Friday night, let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. With Matt and John, and Mike and Bill, I almost forgot that other Matt too. So, joining us today is me, Matt, and we got... John. And with us is a special guest again. We have... Alex Eston from Brick of Rack Games. Sweet. And Alex just was... Very successful on his Kickstarter for the Black Brick. So, yay! Thank you. Big Thank claps. You so much. Big claps. Which brings yay. us to, which brings us to the topic of this podcast, which is all about Kickstarter and uh, starting to develop your own game from scratch and kind of putting it on Kickstarter and the process of that. Yeah. So we have Alex, or we're gonna call you an expert. <laughs> Our expert Kickstarter. Cool. So, right. uh, yeah, go ahead, John. Um, yeah. So, anyway, Alex, thanks for joining us again. Yep, thank you. Thank you. That's where I was going with that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the black brick. Do you want to maybe just, you know, like a one sentence, uh, sell it to to us again? Sure. Sure. Uh, tabletop uh, card based tabletop dungeon crawler for one to twelve players. Uh, three different game modes, campaign, overlord, and arena. Uh, overlord is for the, the DMs, you know, in the world out there. Arena is for your PvP-minded, you know, kinds of people. Um, you know, the whole thing fits into a 3x4 by 8-inch by eight, eight box. And uh, people apparently really want to play it because we are funded on, on Kickstarter. So it's absolutely wonderful. That's awesome. So was this your first ever Kickstarter campaign? It was, yes. Yes, uh... Did not quite know what to expect. Um, you know, you can you can read up on you know Kickstarter strategies as much as possible. You can read you know about best practices. Um, you can you can try to have as much you know community built up beforehand as you can. But until you know you hit that launch button, you, you know you're you're never really gonna know you know what's gonna shake out from it. Um, until you start getting your first couple of backers and and uh it's exhilarating for sure but like who was involved in that creative process yeah so um uh, there are a couple of uh, uh you know core team members uh myself um uh, our graphic designer um you know legal uh we had a few um uh, they call themselves BFNs, you know, big um, effing nerds, because um, <laughs> uh, we we had some really good people doing you know research and and you know market research and and product research, um, just getting a sense of what's out there, um, and, and actually one of the uh, uh, bits of research that that our one uh, one person did um, was coming across a game called Dice Forge. Um, which we, we've played it quite a few times since then, and it's actually a very brilliant game. A lot of really smart design choices, really good layout. And uh, when we started talking about, um, you know, their swappable dice plate, uh, you know, component, um, we all kind of realized, you know, that's definitely a way that we could get the damage scale in the black brick kind of, you know, functional. Um, and so we, we have a couple of research consultants, a couple of marketing consultants on the team, um, you know, a, a veritable army of playtesters, I think like 12 or 14 different people that were able to pop in, you know, a couple of times throughout, um, you know, a couple of months here and there. Um, and so, 
you know, the the core team that doesn't rotate rotate out, um, probably about four, maybe five people, um, and then our play testers when they're available, they'll come in as ring one, ring two, ring three, and uh, you know, go from there basically. So, you know, starting from your development stage of the game all the way up to you know when you hit launch on that Kickstarter, what are some some tips or steps along the way? Uh, for people wanting to uh, launch a game on Kickstarter that uh, you would suggest or um, maybe warn against as well? Um, So I think the the biggest piece of advice or the biggest suggestion that I could offer is know your audience, know the target market demographic that you're going after, um, I think in our case, it might have been a little bit easier because we were legitimately going after basically people like us, you know, the, the man children in their late 30s <clears throat> with disposable income. Um, but, you know, not every game is going to be going after, you know, your exact you know demographic. So, so knowing your audience, knowing your target market is, is a big part of it. Um, um, I think I have a question. Yeah, yeah. How did how did yeah. um, how did knowing your target audience help you out in any way? Like, how did you use that to help you out? So, um, a, a part of it was <clears throat> many of our our early Ring One playtesters were were hardcore tabletop gamers, uh, both war gamers, you know, Warhammer, um, a lot of dungeon crawlers. Uh, so, you know, they knew what they liked, they knew what they wanted to see, and they had a very good sense of what we were trying to do as well. And so, because our target audience kind of matched up with our playtesters, um, it provided us some really good, you know, feedback and some really good insight into what the broader market would likely be looking for. That's what maybe gave us a slight advantage going into it, that we knew what we wanted to do, our playtesters knew what they wanted, and it just so happened that they were kind of representative of the larger market share that we were, we are looking to pursue there. Very cool. What did you find made your campaign successful? Um, you know, there's in the wide world of tabletop gaming and Kickstarter, like it's, it's a very saturated, uh, market. Um, you know, it's hard to break in. It's hard to, to be seen in all the noise. What made you successful in, you know, making your game seen by everyone that uh, backed it? What kind of strategies did you use? I guess, um, from a marketing perspective, to make sure that you were able to get that funding because I know not everyone gets that chance. Like there's a lot of projects on Kickstarter that just aren't successful for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So yeah, um great question. Um I think above anything else cuz like you said, you know, especially, you know, tabletop games are are on Kickstarter are are saturated and I think especially the the tabletop dungeon crawler, you know, like little sub genre is similarly pretty saturated. Um, I think what really helped us kind of punch through the noise and get noticed 
and this is uh, I gotta give props to our graphic designer uh, Jose Richwood um, he knocked it out of the park with the entire graphic design of the game uh, I really do firmly believe that if we did not have this you know stained glass art style I don't think we would have caught as much attention as we had um, the color scheme was vibrant it was bright it was poppy uh, Jose knew exactly what we were looking for absolutely demolished it in the best way possible um, you know really when it all comes down when it all comes down to it I think that's that's the biggest factor I think that the game was just absolutely gorgeous it was something that people hadn't really seen before as a an RPG um, and you know and I do think that you know our Instagram and social media presence um, you know I, I think that people could tell that we're having fun with it as well um, okay. that this was a, a passion project you know not so much you know a, a, you know passion of economics or whatever but but a project of, of passion um, and uh, you know the fact that our Instagram account basically started just doing random goofy you know Lego storytelling um, I think helped people see that we are approaching this a bit differently from, I guess, some other you know indie developers, where we wanted to have fun with it and we wanted our personality to to come through. Um, and you know, I, I think we handled the Kickstarter a little bit differently than most. Um, you know, in hindsight, is twenty twenty. In retrospect, you know, I would have loved to have actually been able to do a proper video for okay. it. Um, you know, we've got we've got a rough cut video in the can, um, but it never got to the point where we felt comfortable. You know, we felt it might be more of a liability than you know than an asset, I suppose. Um, even though we were having fun with it, um, we ended up hiding my face throughout as many pop ups you know as we could. But um, you know, not having the video could be potentially concerning. Yeah, I know it's like obviously like a big thing in a lot of these campaigns is, is to have the art done really well. And, and the stained glass definitely is something that catches people's eyes for sure. Um, you said that you're hiding your face cause you know, you're, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you're not a beautiful woman. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I feel like that does sell, right? Like it does, it does. And, yeah, yeah. and things like that yeah. really help sell your stuff. And it's like, you know, it's tough, right? And so you have to focus on marketing and, you know, your game has to look beautiful. It has to be completely different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just thought, like, how much how much do you feel this, the art was a success? And you kind of hit it right on the head. You said most most of it was the art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that had we gone with a super generic swords and sorcery kind of, kind of style... Um, it might have still gotten some attention, but um, you know, starting it as a Lego D and D variant, and starting the game as basically just what kind of storytelling do we want to do, just using random Lego minifigs around the house. Um, you know, I think the the bright poppy colors also did come from the fact that a lot of our initial concept work was done with Lego minifigs. Because we knew that, okay, you know, we want bright yellow for the barbarian. We want 
brilliant blue for warriors, you know. Necromancers would have to have a really outstanding green. So it really helped you really help you theme your cards. That's kinda cool. I get it. So John, how did you hear about Alex in this game? You know, when we first started out uh, doing Friday night games, social media is kind of the, the biggest the big thing, right? You want to get your name out there. So I kinda like the first couple months just really did the uh, did the Instagram hack, I guess, uh, you know, making sure you follow all the popular hashtags and like like all the top nine posts and all the, you know comment and blah 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 um and you know i think i just stumbled across the brick and brack games uh, instagram page and uh, you know i saw a lot of his posts at the beginning sorry i'm just trying to grab my uh i was looking at your profile earlier you know and all your posts like at the beginning are all about your playthroughs with the uh the minifigs and um it caught my eye anyway so so the first the first post of yours that i liked um on instagram that i saw was your post about the double-sided floor and stage tracker time and then i think i think i messaged you pretty much after i saw that if i'm not mistaken i think it just like caught my eye because it looked different than what i what i was seeing and and then i kind of looked you know passed through some of your content and noticed that you like helped build it you started off building it with the lego uh minifigures and stuff like that so when i asked you about your game you let me know so that's basically it. It's all just, just through social media that I came across it. And I, you know, I was probably looking up like uh, PAX uh, Unplugged stuff for you to uh, to, to look at while you were there, Matt, because right. it's the, one of the hashtags that he had in that post. So uh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it's interesting, too, um, because, uh, you know, leading up to, you know, the Brickabrac Games uh, Instagram account, you know, starting to really find its its groove. Um, you know, if somebody were to to go through like my own personal Instagram feed, it's all over the place. It's a lot of like, you know, urban exploration photography and and some horror photography and, and whatever. Um, but it's interesting because I think that kind of helped. You know, me work with the rest of our team to get a good feel for like just just hashtag kind of management right so so basically like what you learned with your other hobbies and practices you kind of implemented into your instagram mm -hmm. right is that what you're kind of saying yeah yep yeah it's super cool and uh yeah and um you know in a previous life i did a bunch of uh you know digital marketing you know right seo and all and somehow all of that kind of just came rushing back during the digital marketing campaign for you know the black brick and yeah it's been it's been absolutely insane so obviously you had to build up your name somehow how would you how what type of tip would you give to people who are, who are going to start a kickstarter campaign and need to get kind of marketing through social media how would how would how would you do that again or, or what worked really well for you so i think one starting enough in advance was 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 really big factor my thinking is if you're putting out good content with relevant hashtags you know it'll happen um i think that's really the key you know you want good content with relevant hashtags um maybe every so often you'll need to revise what keywords you're using um and that's the the seo background in me talking um 
but generally, you know, I think common wisdom is, you know, good content and the right keywords and just patience. Um, <clears throat> you know, I wish that there was like a magic button or a trick or something, uh, you know, to, to do, you know, to click and, and just have everything happen. But, you know, it takes time and it takes patience. Um, I had the, the good fortune of uh, meeting up with uh, Anya Combs from Kickstarter, uh, both at PAX Unplugged and then MAGFest. Um, and she had a lot of great insight into the entire process, um, a lot of good advice about, you know, community development and outreach and all. Was she, was she the one who ran the Kickstarter? Uh, was she running the Kickstarter booth at PAX Unplugged? Uh, I th yeah, I think she was... She, I guess so. Yeah, she she was absolutely one of the people there, and and in all the hustle and bustle at Pax Unplugged, I I couldn't tell who else was like from Kickstarter okay. at that booth. So like, it's entirely possible that she might have been, you know, like the main point person. Yeah, because anyway. I went to like the Kickstarter panel in the morning or something one of those days, and I think she the name sounds familiar. I thought she might have been the one running it. She gave a lot of good tips, and she obviously was like you could tell she was there to help you know, people be successful, which is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and she, she's been absolutely incredible every step of the way. Um, uh, you know, and meeting up with her at MAGFest was, was equally awesome. Um, because there I had the game and we could sit and kind of just, you know, go through it a little bit, you know, talk shop. And she had a lot of great, uh, feedback and suggestions about, you know, funding goal targets, um, you know, best practices there. And um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, you know, I think I guess that's another piece of advice. Um, you know, I've always been a very private person, and so I've I've had to challenge myself to get out of my own comfort zone, which you know the rest of the team has been both fantastic and and horrible about helping me do that because they'll just chuck me out you know they'll just throw me out into a public situation and you know force <laughs> me to kind of sink or swim um and so kind of just getting over any you know public phobia i guess any weird uncomfortable social awkwardness has been um, a really important part of of making sure that you know you've got that community intact um you know making connections with with people who uh, maybe at the time you might not even think that, you know, they're going to help push you in the direction that you need to go. But, you know, you look back on it, you know, three months later and you're like, okay, yeah, that meeting happened exactly when it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I was talking with uh, Melissa and Justin uh, on Sunday about how, you know, game design is a community effort. And it's it's absolutely exactly that. Um you know, it takes an entire community to, you know, get a game up off the ground. It takes family. It takes friends. It takes, you know, people that you randomly, you know, meet on Instagram, and 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 it, it takes time as well. And nice, like I, I I know what you mean, especially with like public phobia and stuff. So Matt and I we went out to uh, San Antonio, Texas, in what January to help Jim Fitzpatrick, who created the game. Uh, mission to planet hex yeah we helped him demo the game at uh, pax south and you know we were there to kind of network ourselves as well and you know th there was there was a chance for me to actually like, you know talk to a board game developer um and like i just sort of froze 
and uh didn't know what to say and you know because we're just because we're you know almost a year in and uh well over a year in the idea of friday night games but sort of like the social media and stuff like that you know we started i think in like june or july but you know and to be like hey you're you're a well-known board game company and uh developer here you know let me demo and review your games and stuff like that that's it's hard to sell right and uh it is what it is but uh well, you... i froze and then matt called me out on <laughs> social media about it and but you know what though that worked that worked funny. out you know like because like the whole thing is you got to put yourself out there and and you are and you are gonna freeze and you are gonna like you know you're gonna hit you're gonna hit points where you feel you know you don't want to do it or you're gonna you're gonna be like am I the only one who cares or is this person the only one who cares you're gonna run into that right and I'm sure you've already ran into that a million times, but the cool thing uh-huh. that you've done and I think is probably the biggest tip you can do to release anything whether it be Kickstarter or a pack of bubble gum, would be to just kind of get over your ego because really it's ego right you're like what's stopping oh, yeah. you from doing that is the fact that you don't want to be put in a situation that you're uncomfortable with because your ego doesn't want you to feel uncomfortable, you know? Well, yeah. it's a weird thing, right? Like there's, there's the fear of failure mm-hmm. and there's also that fear of success, right? So, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So now, and that's what, that's, what's kind of like funny about Kickstarter and, and, and you talk the, the, you bring up ego. Um, now Alex, say your, your game's successful. Now you have to, produce this game and that is i find i find would be equally as scary as developing and hitting launch on the on the kickstarter thing right and it's all it's all just a mind game right and you got to just get you got to just push through it right and because you know once you hit like a it doesn't matter what kind of level of success you hit um you always have to you know your mind's telling you you have to perform at this level and you know now people are actually going to physically own your game that's all your thoughts always going to be kind of i might freak you out here but that might always be like (laughs) in the back of your mind like hey people are playing my game people are showing people i don't know i don't have control are now playing my game it's out there like you know that's 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 awesome like i think that's amazing that, that you've done that and you know, but I can, I can understand like the fear aspect in, 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 in that. Um, so I don't know. How are you feeling about, about all that? I know I'm probably speaking <laughs> out. But... Well, yeah, <laughs> no, before, um... before, before he goes, John, I'm just going to point out <laughs> that you clearly said your, your ego wants to be in control. <laughs> you actually just pointed that out. You're like, you have a fear of not being in control. I just read that from you yeah. right now. <laughs> I have a fear of not yeah, being I think in, you in do. control? I think you do. Uh, I just read yeah, that. I don't know. <laughs> no, Man, but but when, when, when I, Freud up in here. <laughs> no, when I when I when I think about ego, like it go it goes two ways, right? Like you're there. It, it goes it goes two ways. Like you 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 have this fear of. I I just said it, but you know what I mean. Like it it, it hinders your ability to do mm. anything, whether it be to fail or or be successful. Right. So. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And, anyway. and um, you know, it, John, absolutely spot on. Um, because it. It reminds me, um, you know, back when I I started in IT, you know, back when the Earth was still cooling. Um, the Dinosaurs <laughs> on the Earth. Sorry, I had to add that in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, well, somebody has a network. You know, their their routers together. I mean, you know, how else are you going to communicate? Um, 
because one of my biggest challenges when I started was being comfortable with with, with what I knew and what I didn't know. Yeah. And 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 that is something that I think holds true for for the entirety of the human experience. Um, you know, especially when you're when you're throwing yourself into a completely brand new venture. You know, either you know game design or you know .NET development. You know anything. You, you know you always have to be comfortable with what you know and what you don't know. And you know the unknown can be absolutely terrifying, and it is terrifying. I know, like I say that the unknown is terrifying, um, and we're living that right now in what everything yeah, we are. is going on, right? So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and I think you know, like you said, you know, coupled with that is the fear of failure and success, because feel fear of failure is easy. You know, yep. that's just okay. Well, I don't want to fail. Fear of success, though, is okay, well, what does this mean? And, and I've you know, been kept awake at night over the past month and a half with that exact fear. Like, what happens if this game is successful? You know, what happens if people actually enjoy it? You know, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the company? What does that mean for the rest of the team? That's, you know, my wife. That's such a funny fear, too, because it's like, man, what if I'm successful? <laughs> oh, man, this yeah. is the worst. No, but I guess, I guess yeah. that's really, no, that's really yeah. your mind planning, right? You're, you're fearful that you don't yeah. have the plan ready. Am I right? Like you're fearful that it's going to be mm-hmm. successful and you don't have the right things in place to continue on. I, I kind of, I get it. I'm sorry to make fun of it. I, I get it. It makes sense. No, 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 uh, no, no offended, you know, at all here. Um, uh, it's, it's entirely, it's entirely cool and chill. And, um, what the, the Kickstarter has revealed to me about myself, and I can't speak for the rest of the team on this, but I'm far less risk averse for this venture than I thought I would be. Um, I'm finding myself hitting a similar kind of groove here as I did in IT. Uh, my first couple of years of IT were very rough, but then you hit that, you know, that plateau, that crescendo point where you're like, okay, you know what? I think I can do this. And that, I guess that Zen kind of starts to you know, wash over you a little bit. Um, I'm still not at that Zen point here yet by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, the fear of success is slowly, I think, starting to dissipate and, you know, I mean, what'll, what'll absolutely kill me emotionally is if people get the game and they don't like it. I mean, that's, you know, but that comes with the territory, you know? Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, like there's always going to be people who don't like things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You got to realize like, Hey, you know, you're producing something and at the end of the day, you're going to have people who like it and people who don't, and you just take their feedback and you know, you improve from it next time. That's, that's my advice with, with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the next, uh, Kickstarter that we do, um, you know, we'll be taking a lot of the lessons that we've learned here and a lot of some of the missteps and things that, you know, we would have done differently. Um, you know, one one of my greatest regrets for this Kickstarter was that we never really had the time or maybe the energy to do a proper, like, mailing list. Oh. Um, and so, you know, it was always, it's, it's been in the back of my head, certainly, that, you know, hey, we, we really should have... We should have done that. I, I can give you know, I can sh- give a tip for that. Um, so, mm-hmm. John, what did what did Jim do 
for that? He did something, right? He did... Uh... Yeah, so when we were demoing the game, uh, basically he just had a couple notebooks out and was like, if yeah. you're interested in signing up for the the mailing mm-hmm. list, you know, I'll email you when our Kickstarter launches. And honestly, like yeah. he hasn't really emailed... I put my, I put my email in there mm-hmm. and... You know, he hasn't spammed anything mm-hmm. at all. So, yeah, I think like, and there's a lot, like we saw the book at the end of the day. I mean, he had a ton of signatures by end of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. And he brings like a new notebook each time, I think, because that was like a brand new notebook too. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I think that was, that was a pretty good tip, right? Just like as you demo, mm-hmm. bring something with you, get people to sign it. Yeah. Right. So that they, they're aware of your Kickstarter when it comes out. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think one of the other tricks, um, that will be kind of implemented in the future as we're doing, you know, public demos and play testing, um, you know, we're always going to make sure to have one person both observing and then taking like notes live, um, because we try doing, um, you know, like feedback forms at the end. And what we ended up noticing was, you know, yeah, it was still able to capture some some decent data, but even even the players themselves didn't necessarily remember something that they had in the moment, in the middle of a turn, and then by the end of it, they had completely forgotten what it was anyway. And so, um, you know, maybe it's not even a, a Kickstarter piece of advice, but just, you know, just, I guess, general game design, um, you know, point that... Having a dedicated person to, to you know, take the notes and, and kind of keep track of everything and, and keep track of live feedback as it happens um, was absolutely clutch. I mean, we were able to capture some really important feedback that we probably would not have gotten otherwise. Right. Stuff that dramatically improved and, and reshaped parts of the game. And so, is there anything else that you maybe found wasn't super successful in your campaign? Um, that you would do differently next time. I know you said mentioned some about having a video and mm-hmm. the mailing list and stuff like that, but was there anything else you can think of? One of the, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess the uh, you know little challenges, something that didn't quite go right. Um, we we tried doing some some paid advertising, you know, and we all kind of knew going into it that if we got like one percent click you know click through rate that was going to be miraculous um so we tried running this ad for the uh, name that monster promotion where you know any backers over a certain weekend we're going to be able to name you know the captains in the game um which ultimately we we were able to do that we had backers come in and they were happy to name the captains um we had one uh selena the devious uh, so we're, we're really psyched uh, for that one. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the ad itself, it, you know, we got a lot of, of, you know, likes on the, on the post, but no click throughs. Like, Wait, so, you know, so, all. sorry, was that post on Instagram or was that on Kickstarter? What was that on? So that was on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, you, p- you did a paid post on Instagram for backing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? It's really tough though. Cause because yeah. you know when it, like people are like are they actually going to read what you write? I feel like no one reads anything. I feel like I could post something on Instagram, yeah. say like a ton of swear words and make fun of people and people would still like my picture. I don't know. That's just how yeah. I feel. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh oh, shit, <clears throat> you get a lot of likes on that picture. 
Yeah, it was like <laughs> four hundred something. Or wow, something. but yeah, but no one and, no um, one commented, eh? Yeah, no no comments, and um and I think the click through rate where even somebody went to the Kickstarter website because we had you know buy now or whatever, yeah. and it was a direct link to the Kickstarter page, only like two clicks to the actual site. Man, and so you know, I guess I guess you know, like if you had like, and that's where you're saying the mailing list. If you had that mailing list, the people interested, you could have mailed it out to those people, right? Exactly. Yeah, and that exactly. would have really hit off better than that, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, you know, um, Man, that's that sucks. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, um, it was, was that expensive? Uh, you know, no, it was only we only spent, um, I think, like 50 or 60 bucks. Nah, that's not horrible. On it. Yeah. So, yeah. So even if we had gotten two backers from it, then we're ahead of the game. And so we, we kind of are, are very proud that we were able to get the game funded and get as much positive attention you know, that we did on what was essentially an intentionally, you know, shoestring budget. Um, I think we, we wanted the challenge, you know, we wanted to see if we could, you know, maybe pull this off with, you know, uh, not an intentionally limited tool set, but, you know, we wanted to see what we could do within the crucible. Um, but, you know, moving forward, you know, for, for our follow-ups, you know, we're going to make sure that we've got a mailing list and we're going to do, try to do a video, you know, as best we can. Um, you know, just a lot of really good lessons that we're able to take away from the, the Kickstarter campaign and, um, you know, our hope and, and, well, just our hope, there's no end to that. Yeah. Uh, our hope is that, um, you know, the black brick will be successful and, and received well enough that, um, you know, it'll get our name out there, and and for our follow-up, then we'll have a bit more of a of a built-in, you know, quote-unquote fan base, I suppose, um, so that when we do launch the next one, it'll be easier to you know get people excited for it, and you know to get backers for it, and um, I think as we start going down the Deathman is dead route. Uh, we've got a marketing campaign in mind for it. Uh, we feel like we've got a decent sense of, you know, what people might be looking for for it. And so, it's uh, the next Kickstarter is going to be. It's going to be more successful, um, and then you're just going to keep getting more successful, right? So, and and I agree with that. That that's you, the you dream. Just gotta right keep, there. You just got to keep doing. I feel like that's just you know it's a part of the process. You just keep doing, and you're going to get better at it. That's the biggest final tip we can give keep doing yep. <laughs> right yes just keep trying yes. yeah don't mm -hmm. don't not try yes. as we talked about ego which this this podcast became very deep psychologically <laughs> <laughs> right like get over your own ego mm -hmm. and just produce and i like yeah. i like that man there you go there's the main theme of this whole thing for kickstarter just produce don't yes. worry about what other people care don't worry about what other people say or care just do it all right, well, thank you for listening to Friday Night Games. Thank you, Alex, for being our special guest on the show and uh, talking about Kickstarter and all types of psychology. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, been an absolute blast, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to next time for sure. It'd be awesome, nice. and make sure you check out Alex's Kickstarter, which is up and until mm -hmm. April 3rd, and after that, try yep. and buy it. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can check if you like what you hear, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening and see you next time. <laughs>